0: Welcome to the Lug Nuts Podcast Group. It's what the Bible says.
1: The words of the great Chad Spellman? Sup, nerds. <laughs>
2: So that's the entrance. I love it. He's back, Welcome. boys! Wait Welcome a minute.
0: Wait Luke's. a minute. Who did you say? The great Ched Spellman. I'll
1: I'll I'll show you. I'll show you. He's what, he's my Bible and the gospel professor down in Cedarville. Oh, I thought he was like
0: another Bible character I wasn't <laughs> aware of or something there like that. <laughs> there is a chet there is a Ched in the Bible. A
1: Chet? Ched. Ched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Old Testament stuff. Wow. Yeah, everybody wow. forgets
2: that one prophet Ched Spellman. Yeah, it
3: Spellman, his last name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Nice yeah. Spell yeah. Nick, you
2: starts... went
0: off to college and got smart. <laughs> he wow. started every, uh, he
1: starts every, because like all the Bible professors, we're getting so off topic here, it's but all right. I'll it's, go. It's uh, all the Bible professors have to rotate through and do a sermon every, every semester. <laughs> and every semester, he starts his sermons off. He walks up, he smiles, he says, Sup, nerds.
2: <laughs> See, Nick had to go to college and get smart so that somebody could compete with Reverend Zeke. What's up? <laughs> yeah, What's, up?
0: What's up? What's up, nerds? What's up, nerds? Pastor it's Nick Christ is back. back.
2: Yeah. All right,
1: we are here with uh, all the normals. So I'll introduce them here in a little bit. But uh, we're on episode 12 of What the Bible Says. We're in Romans 2 today, according to Stephen Dale. And uh, to my right, I have Kenneth Devon Kramer. Social Security number? Uh, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> two, two. Oh, wait, what? Kenneth the Smith. second, you're right, the second, my bad. Thank, yeah, Thank yeah, okay, you. Yeah. Now I can say hello.
3: Yeah. Now I can say hello. <laughs> you're talking about my grandpa here. It's true. That's right. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Uh, Aiden, I don't know your middle name. Jonah. Jonah. That's right. Jonah. <laughs> yeah. Sup.
2: Nerds. And, uh, <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> you get it. Joe. Well, it's Josiah. Charlotte. It's His middle name is Charlotte. Sh- Joe, yeah, Josiah Charlotte Nellens. Yep. <laughs> I, that sounds good. <laughs> it's man. a family name. Yep. yep. All right. Yep. It works for me, man.
0: <laughs> Stephen Dale, take it away. Got it. Well, it's uh, been a couple weeks since we've been here uh, chatting with the nuts, And it's not their fault, by the way. It's uh, my schedule. <laughs> it's just been kind of crazy after church. It's a good season that we're in. And, um, you know, just God is just doing so many good things right now. We had an incredible service today. Mm-hmm. Actually, the last four services that are at our ministry is just, you know, could just use a podcast, just talking about the good things that God is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just fun. You know, it's messy. It's fun. And it's uh, just good to be, you know, with you guys today. Um, so I was going to do this podcast ooh, six, seven weeks ago. This is the, uh, <laughs> but well, other things just kept coming in. And this is Demar Hamlin. You guys remember the guy from the Buffalo mm-hmm. Bills, yep, who took the shot to the chest. And I'm going to talk about just people and how people respond during a crisis. Okay, how do people respond during a crisis? And so, you guys probably have that that vision in your mind. So let's think about what are some of the reactions specifically as far as people are concerned. Not only immediately when it happened, but then in the weeks after. What are some things, what, what did you observe
1: about this? I think the the strangest thing that came out to me was that people immediately started donating to his charity. Mm-hmm. Like that was like, like I remember the night it happened, like there was like a thing on YouTube and it was like his charity had raised only like $3,000. Like it was a very small amount right. of money. And then like the night that he got injured, his charity raised over like one and a half million dollars. Right. And it was just like this skyrocket of just like people pouring into his charity. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was a, what was strange to me. Yeah, actually, yeah that
0: was. That was. Okay. What else did you guys observe? Either immediately after it happened or maybe couple two three you know days weeks
2: afterwards what i these? have to admit i don't even know who you're talking about okay so he's a bills player now all, <laughs> all right you know. so for
0: those who don't know this is demar hamlin he ah. was uh, played for the buffalo bills took a shot to the chest went down immediately went into cardiac arrest on the field had the uh, assistant trainers came out they were doing cpr on the guy resuscitated him took him to the hospital has a happy ending he did live um and, and I guess that, you know, you guys are going to kind of
2: be out of the loop a little bit if you didn't see. Okay, no, now I remember I did read an article, like one or two articles. Right, mm-hmm.
0: right about it. So, Kenny, you're, you're a sports um, man here at the table. So, uh, what are I, just I, some observations about that?
3: I guess for me, one of the things that you always hear, like, during, like, a crisis or whatever is, like, I'll oh, send prayers or whatever. I guess the the one thing that stuck out to me was the one person who actually did it, Dan Orlovsky. And said you know oh, instead man. of instead of saying i'll pray for you he said i'm just gonna pray right now and so i mean he prayed for Demar hamlin on espn on national tv mm-hmm. uh for Demar hamlin and that was just amazing instead of him saying oh i'm sending him my prayers and we're sending him our prayers and he's like no i'm just gonna make this practical instead of saying it let's just do it
0: right on right on live tv yeah. Yeah.
3: It was crazy. Yeah. And
0: so how did his uh his uh, co-anchors <clears throat> respond when he said amen?
3: Do you remember? Um I believe they both said amen cuz one of them he was a black guy. He was he was into the prayer. I mean, he was like saying amen. He was saying yes. He was shaking his head during the whole prayer. Uh the one the the woman who was I think the host of the show was just, you know, had her eyes closed and head bowed for most of the time, but they both said amen, but they were both Engaged in the prayer. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, something think about: it. we have got rid of prayer in school, <laughs> mm-hmm. and by, and if our kids would do that at school, what would happen? But yet, on national TV, you know, there were no ramifications at all towards him. Could lose your job, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what it could happen. Okay. So, the picture that I had in my mind is immediately after it happened, every player on the field on his knees, either crying praying, just kind of in disbelief. The stadium is like silent. There's not, you could hear the pin drop. And so here's my question. Is every one of those people, pretty obvious answer, a believer who's on their knees? No. So no. what does that tell you about how God has, cause that's where I'm going with this, this whole, you know, we're gonna open book of Romans. How has God hired wired us hmm. that people in the middle of a crisis who could be the most God hating <laughs> atheistic people that you would ever meet would somehow uh, ascribe to now they, a higher power whatever their higher power mm-hmm. is so so talk to me about about that what do, what do you guys think that a group of people that normally you know it would be difficult to get a prayer I mean isn't it they mock guys to go in the end zones and, and pray you know so so talk to me about that. Why do you why do you guys think? What's going on here? A little theology here. What what's going on?
1: Yeah, I mean I think well one, two well, two things. One, you missed a perfect opportunity to plug the Good Fight Sports podcast. So we're just gonna plug that right now. Two, um the uh <clears throat> it shows like how dependent we are upon God. Mm-hmm. Even at our like even when we try to live life without him there's those like moments that just come up in your life where the only thing you can do is just like fall on your knees, and just be like, "I literally physically cannot do this," so I have to give it to, like you said, a higher power. They may not completely believe in a god, but they realize that it's something that they cannot bear on their own. That mm-hmm. idea of like self-expressionism kind of falls away, and it's peeled back
0: because mm-hmm. we are created in the image of God. We are an image bearer of of God. That's what differentiates us from. The, the plants and the animals, I think we've talked about this before. Plants are sense aware. You put them in a window, they grow towards the sun. Animals have self awareness. Um, you know, if they do something, they bite you and you slap them. Sorry to all the dog people out there. You know, somehow they think that, that he really cared that he bit you. He doesn't. He's an animal. He, he's trained, you know, to respond to a sense of self awareness. Um, we, though, have been created in the image of. God and I think Nick, that's man, that's a whole nother avenue that you took, which is a really good one, which talks about our identity in Christ and our identity and who we are. Yes. And I think one of the first things we have to recognize is that we are creatures dependent upon God. Mm-hmm. We don't take another breath, we don't take another step without without God. And so let's take a look at Romans chapter twelve. No, Romans chapter two, sorry, verse twelve. And uh, let's unpack this. Let's unpack this. So, uh, uh, Josiah, why don't you go ahead and read um, verses 12 and 13. And we'll unpack these as we go along. Because we're going to go all the way down to uh, 16. But we'll kind of work on this in sections.
1: Okay. For all who sin without the law will also perish without the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law for the hearers of the law are not righteous before God but the doers of the law shall be justified.
0: Okay? Now, most people who are listening right now are going, "Huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what? I think most of us in this what room are What was doing. that? <laughs> now, to help us, what's the context of what's going on here? So you go back to Romans chapter 2 verse 1, and in my Bible it says God's righteous judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? God is, you know, Paul speaking to um, is talking to the Jews. And he says, listen, and that's what he's talking about in verse 12. All who sin apart from the law, reading out of the NIV, will perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. All right? And so God says to the Jews, listen, through the Apostle Paul, I gave you guys the law. <clears throat> and it's more than just the Ten Commandments. It's 613 commandments, if you go back into the Old Testament. It's about 300 thou shalt, 300 thou shalt. Okay? And so he says, you have the law. Now, verse thirteen says, For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but as those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. And he says to the Jews, listen, wing nuts, haven't got to a lug nut yet. <clears throat> you guys ought to know better. You guys really ought to know better because you have been given the law. And it's not just about hearing it, it's about obeying it. But now this is where we come into the picture because we're not Jewish, what are we? We're Gentiles. You notice it's got a parenthesis, kind of like a thought in verse 14. So can anyone go ahead and read uh, verses 14 and 15 for me? And this is this is all in parentheses. It's kind of like a f- thought
3: he's having. So when Gentiles who do not ha- by nature have the law do what the law demands, they are not they are a law to themselves even though they do not have the law. They show the work they show that the work of the law is written on their on their hearts. Their consciences are confirmed. Con- their consciences confirm this. They're competing. Their thoughts, either accuse or even excuse them, on the day when God judges. No, what- oh, stop.
0: You, you went too far.
3: Okay. Stop. Fifteen. <laughs> Don't be taking Aiden's verse. Sorry. All right. So
0: now you just read fourteen or fifteen, and most people who are listening are going what? What in the name of heaven? He's talking about. He says, "Okay, Gentiles who don't have the law, the law wasn't for them. It was for the Jew." And look at the next phrase: "Do by nature." What does that tell you? What's that phrase tell you? They do by nature. Let's think about how God is hardwired, and it all gets back to this idea: Why are a bunch of people who maybe don't know the law? I mean, let's figure it out that there probably were some uh, fairly. Um, uh, not God-fearing, Bible-toting believers, or Christians who are there. All right, why are those guys on their knees? According to this passage, anybody? Yeah. Anybody I mean, want to play? It's it's a
1: part of them. Like it, it, like it's somewhere deep down inside of them. Even if they are rebelling this much against God, there's a part of them that knows that the nature that God has instilled in them causes them to obey the laws that He has made.
0: I don't care how hard hard you are, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. God has put his moral law in each and every one of us. Yes, sir. Go right ahead.
2: Well, that's where, actually, because I, I went down to the notes to see. Yeah, good. And it says, here, the, the Gentiles do not have the Mosaic Law as a moral guide, but they do have an inner law that informs their conscience. All humans have this component of their being, creating God's image. Genesis one twenty six references in the beginning. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. It says, this moral law will accuse or even excuse daily moral choices, but ultimately demonstrates that all people fall short of God's holiness.
0: Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better. You know, That's the whole idea here. And so is anybody with excuse? No. Nope. No. Nobody's with excuse. And so that's why all of a sudden you have a crisis and you have people, because at that point in time, we understand how utterly dependent we are upon God. Mm-hmm. For the next breath we take, for the next step we take, you know, whatever the case, whatever the case might be. And so in here it says they do by nature, and you really fleshed it out because it's now in verse 15, it's been written on their hearts and their consciences. It's been written on their hearts. That's what separates. That's what makes us human. You know, we have been made in the image of God to the point that we know what's right and wrong. People know what's right and wrong. But now the problem is, you back up to Romans chapter 1, verse 18, and you say, why then do people choose to do what they do? And I'll go ahead and let you read this one. Chapter 1, verse 18. This answers the question.
2: You're in Romans? Yep,
0: Romans one eighteen.
2: For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Right,
0: okay, and that's that word suppress. Mm-hmm. Suppress. You can know the truth... It can be a big bright light coming at you, but God is not going to be a bully and make you believe. As a matter of fact, now do we not believe, we suppress the truth. So if we do that, then you guys are getting it all. I'm pouring the whole bucket on you today. Take a look at 1 Timothy. Oh. What? <laughs> there was a groan from Kenny. Dude. Kenny. Oh, no, it. it's Timothy.
1: <laughs> No, Timothy. I mean, you're, not Timothy. You're, you're First totally First Timothy justified. chapter four.
0: I know I'm just Un,
1: unpacking Timothy and Titus is a lot.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I went and Josiah, I'll Have you read verses uh, chapter four, verses one and two? Because this is this is what happens when you suppress the truth. Okay, let's go ahead. And, okay. All right. First Timothy four. First Timothy, yeah, four verses one, one and two.
1: two. Yeah. Okay. Now, the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and teachings of the demons through the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared.
0: Right. Their consciences are seared. Right. So what happens is if you suppress the truth long enough, you abandon the faith and you follow deceiving spirits, eventually you will cauterize your heart. Mm. Now, it doesn't excuse you at all, but it just says that's the reason that people do what they do sometimes, and you would say, how does somebody, I mean, this whole Alex Murdoch, Murdoch thing, whatever's going mm-hmm. on, I mean, I didn't really follow it all that much, but I just know it's unbelievable, you know, the the, the, the crime scene and the things that happen. And the answer is when you continue to suppress what God has put within you, then you do Harden your heart, but even in the midst of crisis, we see. Don't we see people on TV, the newscasters? Sometimes something really terrible <coughs> happens, and they sign off to the people saying, "Well, our, our our thoughts and prayers are with you." Yeah, just like to reach in the TV and just slug those people because they really don't mean it. But that's how we default, right? All of a sudden, it's okay to have a higher power, mm. to have have that. Um, you know, you guys don't remember nine eleven, but I do nine eleven. Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. 9/11 is interesting. After 9/11 happened, you had God bless the USA, you know, pray for the USA, blah blah. blah. All of a sudden, you know, in the churches, you know, people are coming back to church, for all kinds of reasons. And, and and I'm not saying that God can't use that, but my point is, is that you and I have this inner conscience that by nature God is planting that in us. Okay, now I'm ready to preach. No, I'm getting to the point. Come on. What's the point? Come on. What's the point of this, okay? What's the point? That means that there's hope. Mm. There's always hope. Because that seed, even though it might be seared, can God break through to the hardest heart? What's the answer? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Definitely. And so when I see something like DeMar Hamlin happen and I see people, it just reminds me of the fact that I believe that there's a world out there that really wants to know more about God than what uh, what they're letting on to. And that there's a lot of hurting people that there is hope for them because even deep down, they know what they want. And what the world is selling them, they ain't buying. Mm. That's for sure. So when you see that and you see people I'm just trying to have a better attitude about it. About it, when I have people who really could care less about God saying, "I'll pray for you," or you know, "God bless you," or whatever, it just reminds me that there is hope, even though we live in this wicked, crazy, depraved world. Because if you look at all the wickedness around here, what would you do? After a while, you go what? You just curl up into a ball. Yeah, start crying. Just yeah. go away. And say, yeah. it's, it's, into the fetal um, position. Yeah, yeah, and that's <laughs> why I, that's why I said this morning because we have the Word of God, the Spirit of God, uh, the Sword of the Spirit. I mean, listen. I realize it's a crazy world, but man, you know what? I think it's awesome, awesome opportunity for us as a church mm. to really have an impact on the world. So that's my, uh, that's the lesson for today. You guys got anything you want to add or notes that you guys are seeing?
1: Yeah, and no, I mean, it's just it's a crazy opportunity to to show guys love. Because I thought you were going to touch on this, but um,
0: keep preaching, man. Uh, come,
1: on. <laughs> come on, come that's on, come on. I'll tell you guys what that's about. <laughs> uh, Romans three. Uh twenty three, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. But then you go over Paul keeps writing right for chapter and you go over to chapter five and you go to verse eight. But God proves his love for us and that while we're so sinners Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, how crazy is that that he saw all the wickedness of the world and, and you know, I'm gonna send my son. It'll be all right. We're gonna we're gonna get this fixed. And yeah. I think that's just a such a relief. And then if you want to really go into the glory of the believer, you can go to Romans eight, but <laughs>
3: We'll stop there. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Romans
1: 8, that's a separate one. But um, no, I think the other thing we forgot was that, I mean, like people like celebrities who you never hear talk about God, like Josh, I think it was Josh Allen after the, I think it was a couple weeks after. I don't think it was immediately after, mm-hmm. but I think one of kind of the things that kind of trickled down and I don't really think got a lot of attention when he was like, he's like, I've never seen a, a more like distinct example of Christ on, on a football field. Like other than that, like I've never seen God move through people so mm-hmm. much. And it was just like, whoa, like NFL football player, like he doesn't need to say that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he has no reason to say that. But that was just what he felt and that's how he was
0: moved. Yep. So think about and again, just somebody maybe you know or a friend that you would say, Gosh, this person just really isn't interested in the Lord And and you pray for them, but it just doesn't look like nothing's gonna happen, whatever. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope because planted in every human being yes. is that little God seed. It's just waiting <laughs> for God to uh, to uh, invade that heart and that life. Mm. And that's a whole other podcast. We can either do it the easy way or we can do it the hard way. Yeah. Unfortunately, I chose the hard way, and uh, but I'm thankful that God brought me back. Mm-hmm. So,
3: final thoughts, anybody? Oh, it's like I'll I'll touch on that too. It's like now we have players that are actually talking about Christ almost in every other interview they're doing like Patrick Patrick Mahomes Mm -hmm. like openly shared his belief um other players have as well um and especially I'll touch on the fact that the world needs and longs for um revival Mm -hmm. the whole Asbury thing is a perfect sign of that Mm -hmm. um and other colleges as well especially there's there's places out in California that are Doing it, I know. That I think they rented it out like Levi's Stadium at one point, and they had worship service in the stadium. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's the world's longing for it, and it's it's awesome to see Christ moving in this nation.
0: And you say that's the longing because that's that by nature God has put that to bear <clears> upon <throat> upon our conscience. So the harvest is plentiful. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Anybody else? Good to get the band back together today, huh? Amen. Yes. Amen. Alright. So I got Josiah Aiden, Candy Nick, Pastor Steve. Don't forget, Jesus loves you! And so, so
2: do we.
1: Hey everyone. We hope you enjoyed the episode today. If you did, you should go check out the rest of our episodes on our website at ccflugnutspodcast.com.
3: You can also listen to us wherever you find your podcasts.
2: Follow us on our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching the Lugnuts Podcast Group. Thanks for listening, and remember, Jesus loves you, so do we.